Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome into Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders and myself. Uh, this is our final podcast of 2020 as the year we've made it, Mike. We've made it to the end of the year. We we sort of survived in whatever shape or form you want to fashion. Uh, we'll be back with more podcasts in 2021, but this is our, we think, yeah, well, we will be. This is our final one of the year. How are you doing, my friend? You doing okay? Uh, I'm doing great. And you know, there's so many people that have said, when in the world is 2020 ever going to get over? Well, you're right. Here we are. It's Looks like it's just about over. So yeah, we're we're taping this a couple of weeks before the actual end because yeah. uh, for the holiday season we won't be doing you know podcast shows. But this right. is our forty second podcast, by the is way. It really? Yeah, so wow. this is number forty two. So very cool. So I've enjoyed spending uh, the the past. Uh, 40 some odd, you know, weeks or whatever <laughs> talking yes. with you and and uh and just had a good time, learned a lot and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. I have and I'm looking forward to next year and uh just you know what might possibly happen. You know, we we uh started this year with uh, expectations of various things. My word for the year was vision. Okay. And I certainly didn't see what was coming, that's for <laughs> sure. And <laughs> But you see the things that you uh, you get uh, given to you, and and you uh, look on uh, down the road, and you see what uh, what might be coming next, and yeah, and prepare. Very so, true. Yeah, we, we were just talking before we kicked on the uh, podcast that uh, you know a lot of us, if you use social media, Facebook will send you these reminders of things that you've posted in the past. And I had posted something last December saying I was looking forward to 2020 and lots of interesting things, and some of it was just silly stuff like the fact that. You know, there was a couple of black, you know, uh, Friday the 13th, and there was a couple of um, mm. uh, whatever day, you know, like different, you know, uh, Cinco de Mayo fell on Taco Tuesday and just funny little ah. coincidences and things like that, uh, right. having no recollection. And it's like 2020 should be a really cool year, you know, and it's like, well, I could have been more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cool in a different way, cool, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Cool in a different way. Cool is in chili. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, we're going to finish off the show this week, or the, the podcast for the year. We're going to just do some lessons from the Market Crash Hall of Fame. And basically, we're just going to go through and talk about uh, some of the big instances. We're really going to focus on the things of the last 20 years that most of us will relate to, right? Uh, we'll, we can kick it off by spending a quick second or two on, on the, the granddaddy of them all, as it's often mm -hmm. referred to, uh, the Black Tuesday back in 1929. But that's really out of touch for, I think, most people to relate to. So we'll, we'll probably say a couple of words about that. But really, I want to focus on, of the last 20 years, how things happen, how the, the irregularities can come up, and, and really just, are you doing anything to prepare yourself for the next one, because if you think there will not be a next one, you're sadly fooling yourself. And that's what we, you know, one of the reasons that you do planning, hopefully, is to prepare yourself in the event of uh, black swan events, as they're often called, like mm. Black Tuesday, right, Mike? That's that's kind of the big one we all think of. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and interestingly, I was in a Cracker Barrel this past week and noticed on the wall a November 1929 calendar. Oh, yeah. And I thought, that's interesting. Um, and looked at it, and it's just a normal calendar with little details and yeah, because it was probably already on. printed, right? You know, yeah, it had already been printed when October 29th of nineteen twenty nine occurred on that uh, Black Tuesday, I think it was called. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, people were just planning to go right on about things, and that—that's how crashes are. I this past week was talking with someone, and 
uh, they were receiving some funds and thinking about what they were going to do with them and uh, said, should we wait and see if, you know, how things turn out over the next bit relative to various things going on in the news and in the world? And right. Um, I said, is that because, you know, you might be concerned that maybe the market might crash? And yes. And I said, well, it will. It definitely will. Crash. <laughs> right. I just don't know when. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if we wait around for that, we could be waiting for a decade and you miss out on a whole lot. Uh, if it crashes, we're going to take that into consideration in structuring the way you invest so that you can live through it and take advantage of the opportunities that are presented by crashes. And yes, there are opportunities that are presented. And uh, we'll very true. You know, Mike, and perspective really is the key. And I guess I, you know, I'm going off our own script here, but we were going to not really spend too much time on this, but mm-hmm. 12% was what it fell in 1929. And it's still considered in the, in the industry. And, you know, even a lot of folks are aware of this, uh, that, you know, it was one of the worst, you know, of all time. And you mm-hmm. think 12%, that's yeah. nothing, right? I mean, it's just right. not that big a deal. It moves, you know, 10% is not, it's not, that's not even a bear market to go right. 12%. But 12% off of, again, context, and that's going to be the important takeaway from this week's podcast, is the context of how it affects the times and the individual. Because at its height, it was a whole whopping 381 <laughs> points on the Dow, Mike. On the Dow. Yeah, right. 381. We're over 30,000 now, yes. you know, for comparison and for context. And so 12% off of 381 to drop down to 280, some, 200 and some change mm-hmm. felt massive. And there's also a very small amount of people that were probably in the market as well. Correct. Yeah, you know. yeah very, very, very much so. And, you know, so you think about that uh, today with some of the, the – uh, crashes we've had that have been over 20%, been over 30% and things like that. Of course, the thing that was really so bad about that then was just uh, there were several several things that were, were bad about it. One was the unemployment that was generated because of it. Right, and exactly. The fact that the economy was such that you didn't have two earner families typically. So if you had an unemployment situation in your family, mm-hmm. you had no money coming in and there wasn't the safety net of social security and SSI and all that kind of stuff. Context, right? So it's just, uh, yeah, exactly. Back to context again. And then quite frankly, it took 33 months for that particular one to recover after all the decline that occurred over that period there in, in that, uh, that crash. But it's, it's, I think uh, the longest recovery time it took, it was, it was 33 months. It took for it to get back to that 300 level. And, it uh, did, and, yeah, and it catapulted us into a lot of other, obviously, the Great Depression and so on and so forth. And so, if we're gonna, we'll, we'll hop around a little bit on today's yeah. topic. But in the context of what happened to us here in 2020, uh, a little <laughs> under a hundred years later from this event uh, right. that we were just talking about, you know, we we lose thirty something percent back in March. Mm-hmm. We have the largest unemployment numbers we've seen since the Great Depression, since then, right. uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And and yet, look at how. You know, yes, we could all look at 2020 and say how bad it was, but look at all the positives. Like, try to find mm-hmm. some of the silver linings in the fact that, um, you know, we just didn't have we had record unemployment, but to your point, we had programs in place to hopefully help people. We put things in place to to keep people from getting foreclosed on, and you know, so on right. and so forth. And I'm not trying to say that no one suffered. Don't please don't take it that way, oh, at all yeah. folks. But yeah. just you know, put that context into place because these are black swan events that we just can't predict. But some of the other things, we can take steps to try to limit our exposure so that we don't take that kind of beating, right? Yeah, exactly. The uh, situation here with this particular crash, uh, very significant, but it's interesting. We were in somewhat of a different scenario because uh, you may recall before the crash how strong the economy was and you were seeing uh, help wanted signs and things like that out. 
Well, quite frankly, at this point, you still see a lot of help wanted signs out. So there's a lot to be thankful for here very true. relative to yeah. how we've recovered from this last crash. Yeah, very, very true. So let's let's talk through some of the last 20 years, some of the major ones. So we mentioned the granddaddy from over 100 years ago mm-hmm. or a little, little under 100 years ago. But let's go back to 2000. Most of our listeners are going to be able to relate to this. And we could talk about 2000, the dot-com crash with the bubble burst or the tech bubble, if you will. And mm-hmm. we can even roll that into the September 11th attacks just a year later, exactly. because all of that really, I think it was April of 2000, we had the the beginning of the tech bubble bursting and it took a couple of years for that to smooth out. Yeah, it did. And in fact, I had some interesting things going on early in that year. Uh, we had uh, in, in late 1999. And of course, in that time period for the previous five years, the U.S. market was just going gangbusters because of the dot-com uh, discovery exactly. you know, coming into that era. of. Uh, and and Mike, does that sound familiar? If we're talking about lessons learned from the stock market, are we yeah. not sitting on a tech potential tech bubble right now? Corona oh, yeah. has the coronavirus has allowed tech to carry. I mean, we're talking we're talking about the 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 Dow and the S and P. It's really basically carried by five companies right now. Oh yeah, and it's incredibly interesting when I'm doing analyses. I've been bringing on a lot of new clients lately that uh, doing analysis of their portfolios, mm-hmm. and you look at the actively managed funds that they have, and they they are so top heavy with these companies, these tech companies. And um, it, it is right for if there were, and I'm not trying to predict one again, uh, that there's a crash coming or anything like that in the next little bit. Uh, it could be or it could be a long way off. But if it did and you're so concentrated, uh, you, you would have a major decline in your portfolio, I'm sure, beyond what you anticipated. And in fact, it's interesting, back in that tech crash of 2000 to 2002, and it was a long, drawn-out crash accelerated by the uh, 9-11 situation right. mm-hmm. in late 2001. There was a particular portfolio manager that I had running a couple of accounts, and um, they had gradually, over that period of 1995 to 2000, moved more and more into tech. And it made a boatload of money for clients. Right. Um, and I'm thinking of one particular account that was at um, – $200,000 when we invested it for the first time in 1988, I want to say. Hmm, wow. By the uh, end of 1999, that account was at $1.4 million with no additions or subtractions for that matter from the account. And after the uh, crash occurred, and these were active managers back then. This is before I knew what I know now. Okay. <laughs> they... Uh, they were trying to get in, get out, all that sort of thing. And this person had gotten back down to $400,000 before it was over. Wow. Close to a million bucks, huh? Yep. They they lost a ton of money there. They recovered some before they passed away some years later. But uh, it, it was quite uh, interesting. Fortunately, they were wanted to be aggressive and they had plenty of assets and income from other sources. So it didn't mess up their retirement. But it taught me a real lesson about active management and allowing an active manager to get so concentrated in one area like mm, technology great point. at that time. Yeah. And like we're seeing a lot of again now. So yeah. it behooves you to look at your assets and your, uh, your funds to see if they aren't crowding around those uh, big, you know, big five. Yeah. uh, And that's why diversification is so important, Mike. I mean, and sometimes we, you know, even inside the same asset class, 
You know, you could look at this year as an example and say, okay, yes, you might be in some tech and tech is way up, but you might also be in, um, you know, oil, for example, and oil Mm -hmm. has been, you know, down for the most of the year. So, you know, yes, you're leading in one, you're down in the other, but if the entire market took a huge tank, uh, you're going down across the board. So are you really truly diversified if you're, you may have a diversified stock portfolio, but are you diversified in asset classes, I suppose, so that you have other ways to go up and down and ebb and flow, right? Right. Uh, everything uh, doesn't move at the same uh, direction all the time. Now, sometimes there are, there's, uh, you know, capitulation where the whole market just takes a dive like the, the 2008 crash. Right. Which we'll get to uh, in a minute. For the yep. most part, if you're diversified among small and growth and value and uh, micro cap and large and international and emerging markets, you're going to have some smoothing out of that kind of situation when it occurs. We yeah. are globally uh, connected. And so, you know, it's not maybe as much of a diversification as it used to be by being globally diversified, but hey, right. you got almost 50% of all the economy in the world is outside the U S. So you need to have some exposure. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, you were, you know, you were younger than obviously we're all younger than you, you learned some good lessons there as an advisor. So let's take that and kind of extrapolate that into, uh, into our listener base, because a lot of our listeners are probably over the age of 50. We'll, we'll, we'll say probably 55 to 70 is our most of our listener base here for this podcast. And so mm-hmm. 20 years ago, let's just let's just call it 60 for right now. Let's just say an average age of 60 is our listeners. So okay. 20 years ago when this happened on the dot com crash, well you were 40. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, you paid attention and and maybe you lost some, maybe you had made a little bit, you know, before and you got, you know, maybe you got lucky or whatever the case is. So then you fast forward almost 10 years to 2008 and 9 with mm-hmm. the big housing financial crisis that, you know, at this point, now you're in your 50s and you probably lost, if you're like most people, up to 50% of your retirement. Now that hurt a whole lot more and that caused a lot of problems mm-hmm. for sure, right? So the time comparison, yeah. hopefully folks see where I'm going with this, is that, you know, the dot-com crash 20 years ago, it bothered you. 10 years later, it bothered you more. Well, how did you feel in 2020 at 60 when it happened or it looked like it was going to happen? We got kind of a, a golfer's term, a mulligan, if you will, this year to lose yeah. what we lost and come back and somehow exceed it by yes. the end of the year really is pretty unheard of. Yeah, you may recall that previous podcast we did where we talked about different kinds of recoveries. And this was definitely the V recovery where it it just bounced hard off a quick bottom and it back back up, and uh, so that that was very uh, fortunate and nice uh, to experience that. But it doesn't always happen that way. And uh, you're right. Uh, so when you think about the fact that that wasn't the last crash for all time, there will be another one. So when you're structuring your investment portfolio for where you are and where you anticipate being over the next decade, and you know. Even if you're 90 years old, you ought to be looking out at least 10 years uh, in the future. You you may not necessarily live that long, but you want your money to last that long and take care of possibly people that are dependent on you for your income or yeah. pass on to your kids or what have you. But the key there is to be looking at that and say, what level of decline? And I typically, I mean, I, I specifically use that word decline as opposed to loss. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to lose any money. And the only way you lose money is if you sell and it's when it's down. So if you have a decline, what a magnitude of decline can you deal with and not panic and feel like you've got to get out of where you are to protect further decline? Yeah, that's a great point. 
Yeah, I'm saying you, you structure your investments so that they fall within those expected ranges of volatility, and and you you can go through those, and that changes over time potentially for people as right. they are using their money to live on, or as they see things coming up that they're going to need to use it for, uh, like educating kids or. Uh, retirement, um, living uh, situations, healthcare issues. So, you know, th- those are things to keep in mind as you periodically review and as you establish uh, yeah, investment structures. Yeah. And I think, again, time horizon, we talk about that often on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, tying that into these, um, these larger events, these black swan events that happened, you know, within the industry and how it affected you and how, you know, so obviously, again, back to 2008, you know, if you were 50-ish, it started to really concern you. Hey, am I going to be able to recover this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it took, you know, some would say it took, you know, a number of, uh, quite a while for this to come back, but it really was fairly short compared to what, to what it could have been. Uh, it, it gets lumped into the other two events because really all of the early 2000 mics get, Mike gets called uh, the lost decade because basically yeah. everything was just so much down from 2000 to 2009 that the whole decade is kind of a, is basically a wash. Well, then we started on what became this massive bull run that we we enjoyed all the way up to the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. And to my point, I guess a minute ago, you know, we had people with questions all throughout the year. We do I do a lot of different shows with different advisors all across the country, and people are saying, "How can you know? How can you tell us to just to calm down and just you know wait or sit through it or whatever the case is? You know, I'm worried about my retirement because every situation is so different. But to your point, if you sold out. Then you you locked in those losses, and this being a black swan event, we all felt optimistic that there was at least a chance for a decent recovery time, because this was brought on not by a, a financial housing you know uh, mm-hmm. issue created right. through you know misgovernment use and so on and so forth. This was created you know due to a you know a medical pandemic, and that was something we just hadn't experienced in you know well over a hundred years. Yeah. So. Again, I think that's a great point that you were making is like you've got to be careful in sometimes people need that advisor as that sounding board because it's certainly scary. In March, I understand people wanted to sell off. You know, hey, I'm 60 now to use our analogy we've been going with. Mm-hmm. I'm 60. I'm terrified that I'm going to lose 30 percent here. This isn't good. And so it's easy to push that panic button and want to sell. And that's why they have to have that advisor in their corner like yourself saying, okay, let's talk through this. Let's look at your short-term monies versus your long-term monies and see how we're going to be if we do ride this wave. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Very much so. And so how do you mentally do that for folks? Knowing that, that, that that's their panic. How do you walk them through that and talk them through some of these things? Is it just, again, looking at the diversification or trusting in the plan that you've put together? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's a couple of things. Number one is everything bears repeating because we can't hear something one time and we've got <laughs> Fair it. Point. And it's always going to come to the fore whenever the issue you know, arises because we usually do have an emotional reaction to things like that. I mean, it's just natural as a human being. So it's a commitment uh, to being a part of an educating process and uh, that we do with our clients on a routine basis. Been a little different this year uh, right. because we haven't been able to get together like normal <laughs> That's true. a few yeah. webinars. Uh, but uh, to, you know, to be doing that, not that you're becoming a guru. We don't want gurus either to use for our own purposes or to have our clients thinking they're gurus because we certainly aren't. But you know, just so you you understand that, yeah, there's over the last 100 years, there's been 20 or 30 different major declines in the market that 
it looked like they were different this time, but every right. single time they recovered. And so you look at that sort of thing, you realize this is, uh, you know, just due to the nature of how people operate. Um, economies are necessary for us to continue to live. And so uh, these things are going to tend to take care of themselves. And you you have these, quote, breathers where uh, some things that have been overwrought and and maybe uh, depended on and thought to be the living end, all of a sudden turn out to be something that it was not what we thought it was. Or an event occurs like, you know, we're referring to these black swan events. You know, right. most of you have probably never seen a black swan. In fact, I hope nobody would say, yeah, I've seen a black swan. They just don't, they're not out there, right? Right. That's, that's kind of <laughs> so why they got the name. That you yeah. just, you're, you're looking, you're not looking for them and they, they happen and they're unexpected. So you can't necessarily plan for those in terms of specific times and dates and actual how it plays out. But you can prepare by just recognizing that these things are going to happen and to structure your portfolio so that it is not susceptible to more risk than what you're willing to assume for the kind of investment return or increases that you're looking for over time. And you can't expect every year to be a home run and you know, out of the park type thing in terms of positive rates of return. It's, you're going to have some negative years and just plan for those kinds of things in the way that you structure so that you can go through them and not not have to make those changes to try and catch up and, and correct errors that you yep. may have made by predicting markets. Exactly. And so a, a well-diversified plan, a strategy, a portfolio, all the things we talk about, yeah, sometimes it kind of, you know, it falls on deaf ears or you feel like, yeah, I've got, you know, a collection of ETFs or mutual funds and therefore I've got something, you know, that's, again, that's not really being properly set up to handle various different things because they are going to happen. They're going to come out. So whether it's the granddaddy of them all back in 29 or the dot-com crash or 2011, you know, the, the day of trading there, it was the, the third largest single day decline at that time. Uh, the mm-hmm. 2008 financial crisis, the pandemic, or whatever the next one looks like, these black right. swan events are going to happen. And so being prepared to ride the ebbs and flows of a market, really, Mike, your plan should be a living, breathing thing that ebbs and flows just like your life is going to ebb, ebb and flow through retirement, right? Yep, it certainly is. And uh, it's living and breathing. And I think primarily from the standpoint of knowing that that's what the market is going to be. It is going to have ebbs and it's going to have flows. It's going to have positive, it's going to have negatives. So you structure yourself so you're not having to chase that stuff around and make constantly be making adjustments and changes. You have it set up so that it will handle that volatility that the market is going to give you. Yep. And you rebalance on the highs and the lows. So when the market's up on certain assets, you're selling off portions of your holdings and buying more of the things that are down. Mm -hmm. That's buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high. That's how you make money. And then you just continue to hold that mix of assets and let the market give you the term. Because over time, the market is the best provider of return that's out there other than someone that has a crystal ball and can tell you exactly what's coming up. And by the way, if they had one, they wouldn't be telling you and me what's going to happen. Yeah, that's like that proverbial money tree that some you know we all hear about. It's like if anybody had one that was growing yeah. money in their backyard, I guarantee you'd be locked in a greenhouse covered <laughs> with cameras and night vision scopes and <laughs> everything else there to prevent anybody from having access to it. 
So right. lessons from the market crash. I think, Mike, the overall lesson here is, do you have a plan? Do you have a strategy? And are you working with an advisor so that when one of these mean swan events, because anyone who's ever tangled with a swan knows they can be pretty mean, pretty mm-hmm. feisty creatures. Um, yep. If you've got an advisor there, they can help you when these black swan events or these other things come out and basically scare us, right? And to the point where, hey, I, I need to get out. I need to get out right now. You know, I need to sell everything and go to cash and I'll move back in when it's safe. Well, that's um, impossible. Market timing is you just don't know how these things are going to play out. We that's No right. one knew, you know, how this was going to all play out with the, the coronavirus. So having an advisor to talk you through and be that sounding board and having a plan is the best defense against some of these market crash uh, Hall of Fame items we've talked about. I yeah. think that was a, a pretty good, pretty good show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Anything else we might have missed, Mike? I think that takes care of us pretty much. I mean, the key thing is you might be waiting for a day of uh, certainty or when it's safe, but that doesn't exist. Uh, so you, you make your plans and you get in there and you let the market give you the returns and uh, just make sure it's structured so that you can live through it and reap the benefits of having done so. Very well said. Well, that's going to do it for us for 2020. So as we move into 2021, hopefully we'll uh, have a much more positive year than we've had this year. Expectations, again, I think is a key component into anything when you're dealing with your finances and your financial advisor and a plan. Setting good expectations goes a long way. And we should certainly do that for 2021 because it's not going to be like the ball drops and everything just gets set back (laughs) to the way it was. Uh, We're still going to have a time period. Vaccines are rolling and all that kind of stuff now, but we just, uh, we're still going to have some waves and some issues for a little while to come. So set some good expectations, folks. Take some uh, initiative. Do something for yourself. If you're not already working with Mike or you need some help, reach out to him. Give him a call. Subscribe to our podcast. Certainly help us out. We'd appreciate it. That way we know that we're providing some good information to folks. He's been doing this for 40 plus years. So he's your financial coach here in the Carolinas. Find him at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. As always, you should talk with a qualified professional before you take any action. So reach out to Mike or find him at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com for Strategic Planning Corporation. Mike, my friend, have a great holiday season with your family. Uh, I know it's different this year, but enjoy it the best you can and, and have a great holiday. Yeah, I hope you all do too, Mark. And Merry Christmas to everyone out there. You too as well, sir. And I will see you in January of 2021. Sounds exciting. See you then. We'll see you soon, folks, here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Talk to you very soon. Stay safe and sane, folks. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.